avenuepodcast.net. Hello, all my beautiful people. It's time for another fun episode, and I am really excited about the guest that I have on this week. He is co-author for a book called Village Wisdom. It's an excellent book. You uh, are going to really enjoy this one because it has a lot to do with dads. So this is going to be a very dad-centric episode. Phil, this is uh, right. It's uh, the day after Father's Day as this comes out. So we just got done celebrating dads. And so all my dads, listen to this one. It's a great episode. And uh, try to get your hands on one of these books. His name is John Christensen. Like I said, he is the co-author of the Village Wisdom books. He's here to talk about that today. It's a book about six dads giving their perspective on all kinds of different subjects when it comes to being a father. And uh, really enjoyed this. He reached out to me a few months ago. He sent me a copy of the book. I've got to read it, and I am very excited to have him on. And for those of you who are here just to listen to the John Christensen episode, welcome. I hope that you enjoy what you hear, and I hope that you stick around and listen to some of the other great episodes I have here as well. So, if you guys are as excited as I am, then let's get this show on the road. If you give a dad a podcast. Hey, Dad. So where did you actually train at? I made a really good career out of being able to bump, sell, and I had a punch me face. I wasn't about to call you dad, so. (laughs) Seriously? I felt like I was in an anime or something. People get really mad at those videos for some reason. Like it triggers certain people. Yeah. Wow. I was actually lost as an infant, and I was taken in by a traveling group of independent wrestlers. I love it. I'm excited for this one. Bro. Get punched in the face on the daily. Do you always do these interviews with your shirt off? (laughs) What? Man, this guy won't shut up. All right, everybody. So today I have with me John Christensen. He is the co-author of a book that I actually got sent to me. Um, It is called Village Wisdom. He is also a dad. This is a really cool book that I've got to start reading. And uh, it's a really cool concept behind it. And it's six dads that kind of give you uh, their insight into different things that go on as a dad. And so I have him on here today to kind of talk about that book. Very excited to talk with him. John, how are you doing tonight? I am fantastic, Jared. Thank you for having me. You know, I, I love this. This is really cool book. You know, uh, you reached out to me um, a few months ago, I think it was about coming on here and talking about your book. And um, you kind of told me a little bit about it. And I love doing things like this because, you know, I'm a dad myself and I'm not, I don't consider myself to be a perfect dad in any way. And so it's always nice to have somebody who can maybe help you along the way or give you their insight into something. And that's kind of what this book is, is you give insight from your perspective on things that have happened with you. Um, So, you know, I I really do love it. I love the format of it too, because it's not just you, it's uh, multiple dads. Yeah, it's, it's really cool, man. It's, uh, you know, the book, it's certainly not a manual uh, for perfection, but it gets us that much closer, right? I, th- I right. feel like if 
if I were to ever reach the summit of the perfect dad, like it would be a really lonely and boring place, you know, just because I think, <laughs> I think those imperfections and same with like your spouse, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I absolutely adore my wife. Like she, she's not a supermodel, but she's my supermodel, you know? Right. Yep. And, uh, and I, honestly, and I've said this to anybody that'll listen to me, but I think my, my wife specifically, like her beauty comes from the inside. She just happens to have a beautiful exterior as well. But, um, (laughs) you know, and I think that that the same could be said for dadding, you know, and fatherhood in the sense that, you know, there is a lot of imperfections with all of us dads, you know, nobody's perfect, but it's those imperfections that makes us unique uh, and, you know, worthwhile to our children, you know, so. Uh, so yeah, it was just really cool to get those those five other dads along with myself and just kind of get their perspective um, and to capture it into something. And it's and it's relatively, I mean, it's a heavy book. It's like three hundred and some pages, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's relatively light in the grand scheme of fatherhood, right? I mean, it, if you and I sat down to write a book and didn't have you know a limit or a, a regulator on there, we could probably you know, write it for the next six years and it could probably be 10,000 pages and it wouldn't even start to start to even get close to what perfection would look like. But yeah, super excited for it, man. It's, you know, it's been out for about five months now um, and it's been a bit of a slow burn and and we've had some good days and some bad days as far as like traction. But um, Mm -hmm. I I say bad just because, you know, there'll be times where we don't get any site hits um, and there'll be times where, you know, 20 book orders roll in and it's just, it's, it's just really cool, man. I, I am so happy to talk to, talk to you about it, to talk to your audience about it, talk to anybody that'll listen. Well, I, I know that before uh, we started recording, you were telling me that you've, you've been losing sleep over this actually, because you know, the amount that you've uh, of passion that you've put into this project. Yeah, it's been, it's been a wild ride. You know, th- this whole book really stemmed from me starting to journal and mm-hmm. I really wanted to leave, you know, uh, something that would be lasting, almost like a legacy of sorts uh, for my kids to read. You, you know, and I started when I started journaling, it was, you know, I was in the middle of a, of a job transition, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I started thinking about things to like augment our finances because I was I was changing jobs and we were going to take a, a little bit of a hit financially and um, and nothing that we can't weather. But I just wanted to do more for my family. You know, we had just come back from a vacation that we had planned a year in advance. Yeah. And, uh, and I wanted to do more of that, you know? <laughs> and so I started journaling and, and I couldn't stop, you know, I've always been really fond of, of writing. I'm certainly not a writer and anybody that picks up the book is going to be like, yeah, John is definitely not a writer, but, um, <laughs> but, but what I'm hoping comes across is like, you know, my emotional kind of like vulnerability, you know, like I, I just, I, will hide nothing. And my wife actually jokes about about some of the inconsistencies in the stories because she remembers it a different way, you know, so it's kind of (laughs) cool to see like different perspectives, you know. Yeah. But um, but yeah, you know, I I started journaling about seven or eight months ago. And um, and I kind of the writing kind of started to grow on me. And then, you know, fast forward a little bit to the, the book being published. And, um, you know, it's been this whole beast, you know, writing the book was easy compared to what we're doing now with trying to like, you know, get it out to the masses and just trying to bend people's ears for 45 seconds, just so I can describe the book and kind of pique their interest, you know, but, um, 
you know, I, I will, there's been nights often um, that, you know, I'll stay up till midnight or one or two in the morning. And, you know, I get up at five and 6am uh, to start my day and get the kids ready and maybe get a workout, maybe drink a cup of coffee and then off, off to the normal nine to five. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's been, it's been borderline addiction, <laughs> you know, and it's, <laughs> And it's something, and, and you had said too, that you're like this with the podcast, but you know, it's, it's right. a passion project for sure. Yes. And it's something yep. that, it's something that I don't feel bad about. You know, there's been times where, you know, for my normal nine to five, I'm in IT. And so there's times where I'm on call and I'll get paged in the middle of the night, two or three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll have to fix something and I'll go to bed mad, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, I like, why did they wake me up for that BS, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, for the past, like I said, I mean, it's been months and, and it's, it's, I imagine that there's going to be some sort of health uh, effects later on down the road for me staying up so late, but I'm hoping they're not too bad. But, you know, I've, I've been staying up super late and it's gotten to the point where like, I'll stay up to like one mm-hmm. uh, writing down notes and I'll finally, I, you know, I'll put the pen down, I'll, I'll turn my phone off and put it on the nightstand and I'll roll over like, all right, I'm just going to go to sleep. And then like within like a minute, like I'm rolling, I'm like, ah, and I'm rolling back over and I'm writing things down. And I, I, I just, I can't turn it off. And yeah. I have to like, for, I have to forcibly put myself to sleep. It's, it's pathetic, but it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I know how it is, you know, and you, uh, you have these ideas that just run through your head and you have to do it right then. Cause I'm scared. You're scared that if you don't do it right, then you're going to forget it. I mean, yeah. you're a dad things go right through your brain if you don't write it down right then i mean as we're recording this i have a notepad in front of me because i know how bad my memory is i have to do that or otherwise as i'm doing these interviews i'll forget what we're talking about and it'll end up being a 20 minute conversation you know because i'm like uh what we're going to talk about next you know (laughs) (laughs) i'm the same way you know i have I am lucky that I have two kids that love to write and love to draw and they mm-hmm. love, love to make menus for fictitious restaurants and movie theaters that they set up in their rooms, you know? <laughs> yeah. But they're, they're constantly stealing my notepads. And so <laughs> I, I have notepads all strewn across the house and it's funny because I'll be like writing notes and I'll be really into it and I'll go to flip the page and there's a picture of a unicorn with a fairy <laughs> and a dragon like slaying it, you know? <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll go to the next page. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the same way, man. Notepads are my friend. Yes, most definitely. Uh, I, I tried using my phone at first as uh, as a way to write stuff down. But there's just something about having the actual pad of paper in front of me that I, I really enjoy yeah. um, being able to yeah. do it that way. Yeah. And it's almost like a puzzle too. You know, I don't know if your handwriting is as bad as mine, but, oh, uh, you know, bad. trying to trying to understand the thoughts in the morning like man yeah i don't even understand it's, it looks like hieroglyphics sometimes but <laughs> but yeah i i totally get that writing it and i i think it's a little bit faster too you know with with tapping mm-hmm. on your phone especially when you're tired right um, you know I've, I've i've done that too and that's how i started this and it's just you know it, the autocorrect just kind of slows you down right well and you got to go and find the app and all that you know, unlock your phone find the app yeah. but this you just grab a piece of paper and write it down so yeah no yeah. i it, totally get that so you have five other dads that do this with you how did you rope them into doing this man i'll tell you and, and it there's, there's so much to unpack just with that. So, you know, okay. I, 
I consider myself an eternal introvert. And, you know, I wasn't always introverted. I was very much extroverted until about uh, the age of 23. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was doing a lot of partying in my my so-called college years, enough to where my college years became dropout years. Mm. And uh, that's ultimately what led me to the military. You know, I ended up helping. I, I was kind of a deadbeat. I, I wasn't doing much. And I saw all my other friends, you know, going to college and making a life for themselves. And I was still in my hometown in a rented apartment mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, on a, on a couch that I got at a yard sale for like 30 bucks. Like I, I was just not going anywhere in life, dude, it was pathetic. And, uh, but I was out partying every night and I was doing extroverted things. And, uh, so for a, a multitude of reasons, I ended up joining the army Mm. Um, where, you know, basic training, uh, they, they tear you to shreds, man. It's like a blender and they, they rebuild you into the person that they think you should be. And I bought into that hook, line and sinker. And I still, to this day, believe in it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I'm a better man for it. And in some ways, uh, I do believe that the army, uh, saved my life, man. And so, um, it crafted me into the person that I am today, which happens to be an introvert. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but it's also, you know, I'll tell you, it's hard to make friendships now. You know, the, the army kind of redefined what friendship is, you know, um, right. in the terms of, you know, you don't know the person that's 50 meters from you, you know, hiding behind a car, but you know, he's got green pajamas on and you know, it's the same color as yours. Yeah. And you lay down your life for him, you know, or right. her. Yep. Uh, and so that's, that's a different kind of friendship, you know, and some would say it's like, like a family. And so, Really, ever since the army, I've had I've really struggled to make friends in a sense. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, when when we had kids, uh, they're they're seven and nine now. My oldest, uh, my son is nine, and at the time, my wife and I were very uh, career oriented, and we we felt the need to progress our career so that we could support these kiddos, mm-hmm. and so we found uh somebody that was literally 10 doors down from our house uh she was a stay-at-home mom and uh and she ended up watching i say watching very loosely she <laughs> raised <laughs> our son and uh and her husband is actually uh uh hobby who is a co-author and uh he was the first guy i went to you know i had this thought we since over these past nine nine and a half years Mm-hmm. Um, we've become incredibly close with their family. And, uh, and so Javi was the first person I texted and I was like, Hey, I know this is crazy. And if you don't want to do this, you know, you can tell me, you know, that they're very open and honest with us. We're very open and honest with them. Right. Uh, and we treat, we treat each other like family, but, um, but I had the confidence and the humility, the fear. I mean, it was, it was just a lot going through my head. You know, th- there's been a lot of times where I've, you know, I've typed out a text to him for help and mm-hmm. I'll just like delete it before I send it. Like, nah, I, I sound, I sound too whiny. Like, you know, I start like overanalyzing things, but, um, <laughs> but, but that night I sent it and that text, that text changed my life. And so uh, it was a long, you know, I'm a writer. <laughs> uh, I'm not a very good one, but I'm a writer. And, uh, and so it was like this long text and I didn't want to have to type it out again for another friend that I had Casey, uh, who's also a co-author now. Mm-hmm. So I just copied it, right. And I copied it and I went to paste it to Casey 
And before I could hit send, uh, sending it to Casey, Javi had already replied and was like, yeah, dog, I'm in. When do you want to start? You know, that's cool. And so it was just it was so cool, man. Reading that text, like my my heart, I was laying in bed. My heart just like melted through my chest, through the mattress. And, I, and there was just <laughs> such a such a sigh of relief, man. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so we ended up uh, so Javi and Casey uh Javi's brother-in-law Steven who's a, an amazing guy and obviously a really good dad mm-hmm. um and then uh Javi's father-in-law is uh Trent who we refer to as T-Rex but okay. he's uh he's a dad in the book he's got eight kids nine kids I can't keep them all straight but he's got a lot of kids man and so he he <laughs> understands this fatherhood stuff yeah um and then Casey obviously and then I got my dad to do it and so it's it's a really fascinating group of dads and uh it's it's really cool that is really cool so when you first look at the book the uh the cover of it it uh has a very unique look to it you've got the the coffee ring on the back of it you know you've got the splatters and things like that so it's a very unique look to the book is there um is there significance in that look that you gave to the book you know i i'll tell you the significance is that there is no significance and you know i i started listening to a lot of podcasts um really over like the past year to two years you know with covid going on everybody Mm -hmm. and their brothers seem to like start up a podcast and so there's (laughs) there's a lot of really good material like much like yours there's a lot of really good material out there that doesn't have like large you know million follower you know, right. audiences. Yeah. Um, but the material is still just as amazing. It's just because so many people started up, you know, there's, there's not enough ear holes that can listen to yep. all the podcasts at once, you know, so eventually all the good stuff is going to, you know, float to the top. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I started listening to a podcast and somebody had mentioned like how I think they were referring to like Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. Um, about his books and how he doesn't really put much effort into the covers. And I kind of thought about that with ours too. Like I, I just never had a concern, you know, my dad um, has published, I think it's like two or three um, like fiction novels. And so he, he's really into writing as well. Um, but uh, you know, he, he always put a, a lot of time into his covers and would, you know, complain about the the illustrators, like not getting back to him in time and how the covers <laughs> took like months and months. And it was just yeah. really annoying, you know? <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I just, I didn't see any real reason to have like a flashy cover. And, and, you know, I get it. If we wanted to sell this thing at like Barnes and Noble or some, you know, big box stores, then sure, probably having a, a flashy cover um, might help, you know, but we, we really the goal of this book was honestly to give it to our kids, you know, and, and as we started talking about it with other, you know, we just have be having conversations about the prompts and the questions um, and people would, you know, hear the conversation and be like, what are you guys talking about? Like that, that sounds interesting. I want to read, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's ultimately what led to like us successfully, you know, funding a Kickstarter to get this thing off the ground. But really like, I think the content of the book, I want the content of the book to stand on its own two legs. And I don't want some artist's, you know, depiction of it that doesn't even know us to right. 
be the differentiator, you know? Yep. And so when the publisher came back and was like, what do you want the the cover to look like? And I was like, you know, I want it to be a hardcover. I want it to look like it's been beat up, that can that it's been through it. Yep. And something that can, you know, stand the test of time. And I told him, I was like, you know, the, my plan for this book is to have it sitting on somebody's nightstand and there to be coffee rings, you know, from, from the wear and tear. Right. And so that, that's what they came back with. And I was probably the easiest client that publisher has ever worked with. They, they came back with a cover <laughs> and I was like, yep, great. Ship it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I saw it and that's exactly what I thought was, you know, okay, this is a book for dads, you know, and yeah they're going to do this as they can, you know? And so having the coffee rings and stuff on there, it was very, for me, it felt significant because it's something that you would see. There's a lot of things that I have as a dad that I use every day and they look beat up and it's because of the use that I'm getting out of it as a dad. Sometimes we're more rough on things, you know, for sure. sure. I really liked that. That was the first thing that caught my eye. And uh, yeah, uh, I, that's cool that it, you know it was just you know throw something on there because that's a very dad answer also so. <laughs> yeah. that and you know it would have been so expensive to like license like the new balance logo and all you know like yeah, time exactly. all that. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you come up with the topics that are in the book yeah so you know and that man you know i i wish i was better at that you know at the time uh and the way this book started off like it was just going to be the six of us just journaling for 30 days, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Steven was like, Oh man, we should have, we should have topics. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's a good idea. I'll probably give it a little bit more structure, you know? Yeah. And so we started Googling them. I, th- I think we came up with a few on like chat GPT or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, we didn't really put a whole lot of, and this is more dad stuff. We didn't really put a whole lot of effort into the topics either, yeah. which, uh, you know, so we are, we finished the book towards the tail end of January and the first couple of days of February. Um, and so we've been doing a ton of work with that, but we also recently, I think we're in like day 13 of doing the mom's edition. Uh, oh, cool. and so, so with that book, we've actually put a ton of thought into the prompts. Like the, the prompts are pretty well targeted and defined. Yeah. Um, but ours, you know, typ- again, typical dad stuff. We just were like, oh, yeah, that looks like an interesting question. Let's throw that in there, you know. And then eventually <laughs> we just kind of boiled them down to to 30 prompts. But but I do think it's fascinating because, like, you know, there's there's like a therapeutic element to the questions and some of the responses that they elicited, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was just I, I was just blown away. You know, it, and the questions are kind of similar uh, along this along similar lines as the book cover in the sense that like you know anybody can ask a question and we really tried to target like what we were cerebral about was the questions as far as like we wanted questions that we've never been asked before or stuff that like you know our kids would never think to ask us most of us have younger kids Um, Mm -hmm. obviously my dad Scott and Trent you know have older older children but right um the other four of us, we all have younger kids, you know, between like the ages of like 13 and five, you know? Gotcha. And so we just wanted questions that they wouldn't think to to ask us or that we thought they wouldn't think a little bit of inception there. But, um, but man, some of these responses, I was just blown away at how vulnerable everybody was. It, it was, 
it was just so cool to read, man. I'm so I'm super proud of it. Yeah, I, it, it, I, it's a great book. You know, it's a, it's an easy read. You know, I've I've really been enjoying it. Um, you know, I, I I pick it up every chance that I get to read it and everything. And uh, I, I love how it flows, you know, and you can tell that it's it's just dads talking and telling you their experiences and stuff. And I really like that, um, which brings me to the next part. After you get through that topic, then there's pages behind that where you can write down your own experiences and stuff. How did that come about with you guys deciding to put that in there? Yeah, you know, so that was that was from the beginning, um, if I recall correctly. So I started, you know, this whole journal process. So really what happened with the the root of this book was that, you know, I started journaling. I I my organization uh left much to be desired and uh and I started like rewriting some of my journal entries. Like most mm-hmm. of them were kind of like small business ideas. Um, and of course I'd like talk about like what I did, f- with, uh, you know, during the day with my kids or with family, yada, yada. Right. But, um, when it came to some of the small business ideas and concepts, like I-, I found myself kind of like, I've already written about this. Like, where did I write this? And I started looking, and I couldn't find anything. And so I was like, all right, I got to start a blog and, uh, just to add more structure to it. And so I started a blog and halfway through that first blog, uh, you know, I started thinking about how amazing it would be to read my, this was essentially a journal, how amazing it would be to read my dad's journal. Right. And then I, I kind of went like, I drilled a little bit deeper and I was like, man, how amazing would it be to read my dad's dad's journal, you know? And yeah, I, I just couldn't stop thinking about like what his handwriting would have looked like and, you know, what his thoughts would have looked like. And, you know, like I'm talking to you, you know, thousands of miles away and I've got a screen in front of my face that can play, you know, render graphics that, that look like they're, they're, you're there, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and, and my grandfather would, he would have no idea what that was, you know, he would think that we had like a window into the future or something, you know? (laughs) And so I just kind of started thinking about like, you know, what he would think of where we are today. And, uh, and then like a light bulb moment clicked. And I was like, we have to like, and I think this is the best part about the book is, is that we left that intentionally blank space so that, you know, the reader can leave their own notes and responses. And, you know, I went from, it was like a yo-yo effect. I went from thinking about my dad's journal to my dad's dad's journal, my grandfather's journal and back to my son, you know, and I started thinking about like, man, what if my son left his notes in here for his future kids? Right. And then what if his future kids did the same, you know, like, it, yeah. like that generational wisdom aspect. Yeah. Um, it, it just threw me for a loop. And, and that's really what's been kind of like the hook, I think, um, for most of the conversations that we've had surrounding the book, like the, the book's written, but it's, it's not like, it's, it's, it's about finished. halfway written. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I, I, I mean, with any luck, it'll never be finished, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And I really like that, you know, the fact that I can do that because, you know, I have a son myself and maybe yeah. one day he's right now, he's like, no, I'm never having kids, you know? And I was like, oh, <laughs> do you see how, uh, how crazy you guys are? Right. So you, you, you don't want kids then, <laughs> but you know, um, maybe one day he will have kids and I'll be able to pass this down to him. That way, you yeah. know, he'll see my perspective on it as well, you know, raising him and his sister. So 
It, I, I, sure. I do. I really like that idea. It, um, it, it, it stands out. It's different. It's not something that you see in some of these books. They like to give their advice. They like to put out what they're going to say and that's it, you know, but this, yeah. you want other people to be able to put their input into it. I really appreciate that in the book. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm, I'm sure you remember it. Every dad has to, I, I definitely remember mine, but do you remember leaving the hospital with, uh, with your, you have a son? Yes. You remember leaving the hospital with him? I sure do. Man, like, you know, if I would have had this book in the car with me on that ride home, yeah. I would have felt 10 times better. Yeah. You know, it, uh, I, I remember, you know, they, they, even if your wife can walk, they still roll her out in a wheelchair and you still mm-hmm. help her into the car. And then you leave the parking lot and you're like, what do we do? And you're, you know, that, that fear uh, just overwhelms you, right? Like you have no yeah. idea what to do. <laughs> and well, I <laughs> yeah. certainly didn't. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, so I just, I, I, I just think back to those moments, like, man, I, I wish I had this then. So I remember two things. Um, one, I drove only taking right turns when I left the hospital because I didn't want to cross traffic for one <laughs> man what a gentleman and a scholar yeah wow. i was just in uh, my my now ex-wife and everything she still makes fun of me to this day about how i drove us home that day <laughs> but um and the other thing i remember is right after he was born um he i i went to go get some food or something like that because they were both resting and they were like this is a good time for you to get some food and i by the time i got back to the hospital and I wish I still had this, but it ended up, it was on a phone that I don't have anymore. I think it was like the very first iPhone. It was like the mm-hmm. iPhone 3G or whatever it was. And I don't have it anymore, yeah. but I wrote like, I was so inspired that I was a dad that um, I, I started writing stuff down in the phone, you know, things that I no, wanted awesome. to tell him and think, and I wish I still had that. If I would have had uh, this book, then I would have still had that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Any of you guys who aren't a dad that's listening to this episode right now, get your hands on one of these books. That way you can have that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh man, that would have been amazing if you still kept that, but yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And it's something that, you know, I like the format that we went with because, you know, th- there are going to be you know, father's uh, wisdom, I guess you could call it, we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, there, there's going to be stories that you just can't relate with, you know, right. and um, and that's fine. You know, the, I, I listened to a podcast recently and they were talking about how, you know, in modern culture, um, we typically seek out uh, advice or guidance or articles or news that we relate with that fits like our mindset or or what we believe mm-hmm. you know and it kind of like limits you right it if you only read about the things that you already know about then are you even reading a you know because you're just kind of like reaffirming what you already know but you know there's there's pieces of uh you know stories in the book and and things that I like reading through the other dads. None of these stories I knew before reading, before editing this book. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's there's aspects of each of these five dads, each of the other five dads uh, that I had no idea of. And you know, I I don't. I'm not a fisherman. You know, I, I just I never I never took to fishing. But like 
Javi is. And so he wrote about like, you know, his bond with his son and his dad and fishing. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I read through that and like the next weekend we went out and bought a fishing rod and now I'm all about fishing, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it's just, it's, it's crazy how like you can kind of open your mind to, you know, what others are doing and, uh, and you can really benefit from it, you know, and right. At the end of the day, like if you're a complete Neanderthal or if you're at both ends of the spectrum, right? If you're a complete Neanderthal and just take nothing from this book, which I would find incredibly hard to believe, or you're the perfect dad and you take nothing from this book, which I would equally find uh, very hard to believe, (laughs) you know, there's going to be something in these pages that you learn, you know, and and is it worth whatever it is, the 30, 40, whatever, whatever the cost is, is it worth it to you? You know, and, and to me, I would pay 10 times that to learn something that I could do to better impact my kids, you know, and, yeah, and it's, it's just been incredible. I I, I don't know. It, it's, I, <laughs> you know, th- there's a lot of authors out there um, that'll write a book and they'll put it on a shelf and, and that's their, their bucket list item. You know, that's, I, I did it and on to the next thing. Um, and I, I honestly, I, that was my hope. I was yeah. hoping that I would write a book, check it off the list and put it down. Yeah. But I, I, I can't, man, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I can't like, you know, I, I can't put this down. And so I, I saw a meme not too long ago and it was something along the lines of, you know, when there's a, a thousand cows in a herd that are rushing towards the cliff, because that's where every other cow goes you know, when there's one that's going the inverse direction and running back to safety, everybody thinks they're crazy, you know? And, right. And so I related with that cow, (laughs) like that thing resonated (laughs) with me um, because everybody thinks I'm, you know, not every, everybody doesn't think I'm crazy, but my wife thinks I'm crazy and I'm putting this much time into the book. You know, my friends think I'm crazy and I'm putting this much time into the book. And, and I I just, there, there's something here that's going to, and this is a bold statement, but I'm going to say it anyway. This book's going to change the world, man. There, yep. it's going to it's it's going to change somebody's world, right? And that's that's what we did it for, right? Well, and you know, one thing with it is the the fact that you do have so many different types of dads, and being a dad to a son is completely different than being a dad to a daughter. And the fact yeah. that you have these different dads in there, you know, they have their different perspectives. You know, I am a dad. I'm also I don't like to say stepdad, but I'm a I like to call it a bonus dad, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I went from having one son to now I have a son and a daughter and they're about the awesome. same, about the same age, you know? And so I had an, in, I went from just being a, a dad of a son to having a daughter and it was a whole new ball game for me, you know? And yeah. so being able to see different perspectives, um, it helps because it, I like how you call this book, it's village wisdom. And it, you know, with the, it takes a village, you know, is, uh, is where that comes from, I'm guessing. And, you know, and having that wisdom from all of these different people in the village to be able to help our children, because that's the key is they're our future. So we need to make sure that we're giving them everything they need. So maybe you have something that I don't know about that's going to help me to do better for my kids because, Hey, I've been here before. And this didn't work out good. I should have done this this way. 
you know, or this actually helped a lot. And so I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting very passionate with this too, because I love this. It's, it's a very uh, interesting subject and I love it when uh, being a dad is a big part of my life. You know, obviously with the name of my podcast being, if you give a dad a podcast, I identify that's my first identity is being a dad. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. You know, and it's, you hit the nail on the head. You know, there's so much diversity in fatherhood, you know, mm-hmm. that there's, there's so much. And um, it's, it's truly amazing because every, there, there are no two scenarios that are alike. And, mm-hmm. you know, it could be neighbors that grow up in the same, you know, cultural, you know, middle income, whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, village per se. And, uh, and they can, you know, both sets of kids can be raised completely different. Right. And, uh, and it is, it, it's, it's eye opening. Um, can, so I just kind of had like a crazy thought Okay, and you can shoot me down and we can edit this out later if, <laughs> if, if this is too crazy, but can I ask you a question that I've never asked anybody before? I'm kind of curious if you've ever been asked, but okay. I would love to hear your response and kind of just kind of go through almost what we went through with the, the composition of the book. Would you be open to that? Sure. Yeah. So my question to you is what, what metrics do you think or want your children uh, to grade you on as far as being a dad? So, you know, I would, I would just love to hear your response, but basically like, you know, what, do you want them to grade you on as far as, you know, in 20 years, they're gonna be like, ah, oh, my dad got a B minus or an A plus or an F, you know? Yeah. Kind of curious what you would say. What do I think that they would, or do, what do I want them to? Let's go with both. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, so man, that's hard. Yeah. That's yeah. I want you to be vulnerable one. with me here. So huh. I've never really thought of it like this before, you know, so how would that would my kids grade me, you know? Yeah, that that so these this entire book was based on questions like that, that that you've hopefully never thought of before, you know, and it kind of it kind of makes you like drill down, you know, so I I saw a meme the other day that said something to the effect of, you know, um, the person that you are today is the Mm -hmm. person that you would have felt comfortable with when you were a kid. Yes. Yeah. I saw and that, that kind of like, that makes you drill down into like, what did I find comfort in as a child? And how right. did I become that person? You know, it's just like, it literally blew my mind. And so I couldn't help but but post it, you know? Yeah. And so I think, you know, most of these questions are just based around things that nobody would ever think to ask you. Yeah. And so I don't know. I mean, like, if, if, if I could answer, I mean, cause I literally yeah. have never asked myself this, but like, you know, I, I would, I would want my kids to know that, you know, to, to grade me on, you know, I would want my son to know that, you know, chivalry is a thing. And mm-hmm. that, you know, even if, even if women and men should not be treated differently, a man should always treat a woman differently. You know, like I, yes. I might not always hold the door for some of my buddies, you know, I'll, I'll throw it open so they can catch it as they walk out. Yeah. But if my son doesn't hold that door for his girlfriend, his wife, like mm-hmm. we're going to have problems, you know, right. <laughs> and uh, that's the way it should. Be. And just, 
Exactly. You know, and just please and thank you. And I, I will, you know, my I always get looks at the grocery store because my wife, oddly enough, just likes pushing the cart. <laughs> I, I think I think as a kid, like she must not have been allowed to push the grocery cart ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, you know, whenever we're shopping, she has to be the one. Like I'm always like, you know, give me a turn. Like I want to push, you know, like I want yeah. I want to do the dad thing where you, you push it fast enough and then jump on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I never get that opportunity because she's always in the driver's seat with a cart. Uh-huh. But um, but you know, I, I I want my son to to lift heavy things, you know. I I, I want him to, you know, if 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 his wife or, or girlfriend struggling to bring in the groceries, you know, uh, she shouldn't be bringing the groceries to start, you know, but right. I want him to, to hop in there and help. And I want him to, you know, if he sees somebody, you know, pulled over on the side of the street with a, with a obviously blown tire, like he better be the first one that's pulled over next to it and helping change that tire, you know, yes. just things like that, you know, and, and I want my daughter to, you know, seek out, you know, the men that are truthful and honest and, and, uh, and, you know, open and transparent with her. You know, if, yeah. if my, if my daughter is having a bad hair day, I'm going to be the first one to tell her, <laughs> you know, like, I'm not going <laughs> to let her leave the house a mess, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and if I don't like the clothes that she's got on, I'm going to tell her, you know, and I don't yeah. want somebody that's going to just, you know, either lie to her or be like oh yeah you look great yada 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 you know yeah. just give her the the typical dude response just to get the hell out the door you know but <laughs> um you know I, I want somebody that's going to respect her and and it's that example you know setting you know holding the door for my wife and and we're not big into like public d- displays of affection but you mm-hmm. know I, I want those kids to see me smack her butt you know and i want yeah. them to you know see the playful side of love and and the deep conversations that we have you know we typically when we're like spending time with like javi and danny you know our our friends and and co-author now but you know Mm -hmm. when when we're spending time with them we'll have deep conversations and you know we'll allow the kids to, to come out there and listen to them because we want those kids to know what's going on in the real world you know we won't right we, we try not to curse as much in front of them. I, I do yeah. curse a lot in front of my kids, but you know, they know not to use those, those words, but right. yeah. um, you know, like I, I want them to know that, you know, we, we are the protectors and we will make sure that um, w- with, within everything uh, under our control that we will be there for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and I want them to be able to project that into the world when they're parents, you know? And so those are kind of the metrics. And I don't, I don't even know how you would qualify or quantify any of that, but I want them yeah. to know that that's where the bar is set and they need to push that bar higher. Yes. I, I, I like that, you know, and we, we try to do that with, um, with our kids, you know, I want my daughter to see the way that I treat her mom and, you know, yeah. be like, okay, that's what I, the bar is. You know, I want, I want her to find somebody who's going to respect her the way that I respect her mother, you know, and I want my son to respect a woman the way that I respect her. Yeah. And so, you know, yes, what you're saying, all things that uh, are very important to me, you know, um, I want my kids to be in a happy, healthy relationship. I've been in a relationship that ended up not being healthy. And, you know, the thing was, is I got out of that relationship, you know, because I didn't want my son growing up to think that that was okay, you know, and so, and now, right, 
you know, and it's, it's a, it's a hard move. I hated it at the time, but I met my wife that I have now. And it's been, you know, it's one of the greatest things that ever happened because I'm in a healthy relationship, you know, now with her and I'm able to show my son what it looks like. And I'm able to show my daughter, you know, this is what it looks like. This is the way a man should treat you. So, you know, yes, everything that you said was dead on uh, with, you know, where I would go with that. That's awesome. And it's so, I think the coolest part about this and one of the reasons why uh, our village is trying to break into the the podcast space as well. Um, you know, it's one thing to write a book, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, that book's pretty limited uh, from my sense moving forward, right? Like I'm not, I'm yes. probably not going to write any more into it. You know, I'll, I'll still continue to journal, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you, you know, my wife was an orphan somewhere around the age of 13 you know she lost her parents pretty young Mm. and um you know she uh ever since i've met her um you know we've known each other coming up on we met each other on july 4th so how american is that right (laughs) (laughs) but um we're in about two weeks three weeks we're going to have known each other for 15 years and uh the entire time that we have known each other you know she's uh, you know, brought it up in conversation a few times that there's this video floating around um, of of a Christmas that she had when she was, you know, four or five, six years old. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and of course, you know, it was shot on those missile launcher looking VHS recorders, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, somewhere that video exists. And so I think it was Mother's Day. Uh, she opened up her email and one of her cousins had found it and digitized it. Oh, wow. And, uh, and so we spent like an hour just watching the recording and it was, you know, her, her brother, but more importantly, both of her parents were in it. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, there's, there's people out there that, uh, you know, keep voicemails for years uh, yeah. of their parents after they pass away and, you know, just being able to hear their voice. And I'll tell you, that was uh, one of the, I think that was the first time that I've ever heard her parents' voices. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think it was amazing, obviously. Well, it's definitely amazing for me, um, certainly amazing for her. But like, you know, I think that really resonates with like podcasting, you know, yeah. the, the, there's going to come a time where you and I don't exist any longer. Right. But this, this audio file will. Mm-hmm. And for, for these kids, man, to be able to hear your voice and hear the subject matter and how much you love them and adore them. Right. And, uh, you know, can qualify the, the, the men and women that you want them to become. Yeah. It's pretty cool stuff, man. Yeah. So you did say something there. It, it's funny that uh, you said y'all met, met on 4th of July weekend. My wife and I, our first date was on 4th of July weekend. So. awesome <laughs> so that's, that's what's up yeah <laughs> but no what, uh, what was your first date so it was very laid back we went to a place called the great american taco company and had tacos because that's like my wife's love language is tacos <laughs> <laughs> and then we went to a local coffee shop and sat outside and we could see fireworks from the coffee shop where we were sitting uh. at so so cool oh yeah and uh, i i'm i'm a nerdy guy and everything and i like all kinds of geeky stuff and one of the things that she asked me when we sat down to have coffee was she was like do you like she said so do you like doctor who or firefly and i was like 
this woman is the one. <laughs> she said that. That's awesome. Yeah, because so we cool. immediately had a had something in common there. So it was that was really cool. That's really neat. Uh that's that's dope, man. That's yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So you said you guys met on a fourth fourth of July weekend. How how did that happen? Yeah, you know, well, back in the day, this was pre tinder and and bubble or whatever apps these kids are using nowadays (laughs) makes me feel old yeah but uh yeah you know at the time and it was happenstance dude you know when my wife lost her parents she Mm -hmm. went she spent a few months uh here in texas and Mm -hmm. uh went to live with her cousin in uh washington Mm -hmm. and uh in seattle close to seattle Mm -hmm. uh and uh, and she went to high school up there. And meanwhile, you know, I was deciding to join the army on the other coast. I was in New Jersey. Oh. And um, I, you know, enlisted. They shipped me off to uh, Missouri for basic training. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, part of like the recruitment process is like, you know, do you want to see the world? And I'm like, uh, yeah, OK. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, uh so we're in basic, you know, there's like 30 or 40 people in our bay and, and they're handing out assignments. They're like, Rogers, you know, you got South Korea and, you know, Henry, you're going to Germany and whoever else you're going to Italy, yada, yada. Um, and then they're like, you know, they list off eight of us uh, and the eight of us ended up going to Fort Hood, Texas. And uh, we're like, man, <laughs> it, we ain't seeing the world. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh might get to see some uh, cows or something but (laughs) (laughs) but you know so uh yeah they shipped me down to texas and uh you know i was working a lot you know when you're in the army and 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 this is funny too but you know when when i joined the army i was clueless and naive and i I had no idea that you could bring anything and so at the time i didn't have much but at the time i sold everything i mean i i like to play guitar and i sold my guitar um i sold my my (laughs) car clothes i mean i sold everything (laughs) and uh just because i didn't think they could bring anything and so we show up to basic everybody's in their cars they've all got these you know boxes and boxes of stuff that they're bringing into the barracks yeah and i had like i had a duffel bag dude (laughs) (laughs) it was so pathetic oh uh, you've been watching uh, band of brothers man yeah (laughs) yeah. (laughs) but that's the lifestyle that i bought into i promise you that yeah but uh but yeah man so i I, we ended up meeting on yahoo personals dude years ago um, back when that was a thing and so you know we both had like profiles up and and man if the world's different now i would never put my picture and phone number up on some website now you know but um (laughs) But yeah, so we we met each other on Yahoo Personals, and we we sent a couple like DMs, or I think they were just called emails back then. Yeah. But uh, you know, we we corresponded with each other, and at the time, again, I didn't have a car, so like I was, you know, my wife and we joke about it, but she probably thought I was rich because you know I would drive up to see her. She was in Waco. She, she just happened to come back to Texas um, uh-huh. after high school and go to college, and you know she didn't have to make that decision, and I obviously didn't have to make the decision make the decision to go to the military but um yeah we both kind of showed up in texas at the right time and when i was driving up to see her so that fourth of july weekend i drove up in a buddy's trailblazer mm-hmm. and you know i i paid him i don't know i paid him like 20 bucks to rent his car essentially and i told him <laughs> you know when, you know when you're uh in the lower ranks of enlisted military you don't make much so 20 bucks at the time was was significant yes and uh 
and I told him I'd fill up his gas tank when I got back, you know, and so we met on the 4th of July and, you know, the next weekend I borrowed another buddy's car. So I showed up in like a, you know, a, a Camaro. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so Man, every other weekend I'm showing up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I, 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 maybe I tricked her into becoming my wife. I don't know, man. But, <laughs> but, oh, that's yeah. great. <laughs> it's path- great and pathetic in the same sentence, you know. <laughs> it sounds like it was meant to be, man. For sure, for sure. <laughs> so, getting back into, uh, uh, there's a couple questions that I wanted to ask you specifically about the book. What would you say is the hardest thing to write about in the book for you yeah you know uh, man i've brought this up on numerous occasions but i think it's significant Mm -hmm. and uh and it was me being very vulnerable um but i had to do it because i think it i think it can help somebody else and so this is the story i i was having a pretty rough day i was at the time i was working uh from home and you know, my, my quote unquote office is in my bedroom and, uh, you know, I would leave the bedroom and then step into dad mode immediately. There's no time to wind up or wind down. And so I was having a rough day and the kids, uh, did something to, to push me over the edge. I I can't remember if they spilled water, a a water bottle, a Gatorade bottle, whatever it was, Mm -hmm. um, or they're arguing, I don't know, but, um, it was enough for me to just blow my top. And so, uh, I teed off on them verbally, you know, I, I, I would never touch them physically, but, uh, you know, I, I, I imagine that this is what you call verbal assault. You know, I just, <laughs> yeah. I teed off on them for a few minutes, uh, probably, you know, probably a minute or two, um, of just like screaming. I'm like, why would you do that? Yada, 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 go to your room, you go to your room, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember like I, I had to leave that day for fingerprints or I had to, I had to go do something for my job. I work for a public safety company. So getting okay. fingerprinted was like my, my secondary job. Yeah. But um, uh, so I had to go do a background check of fingerprints. And I remember basically leaving for the day it was in Houston. So it was a, a bit of a drive for me. And so I left for the day and the entire day was just shot, man. I, I could not, um, you know, to this day, I still haven't forgiven myself. And I, I, I think what I did was unforgivable, just yelling at your kids like that. Um, And so all day long, I just kicked around in my head, like, how am I ever going to apologize? What do I say? What can I say? And so, um, you know, fast forward to I'm driving down my driveway, I get out of the car, I walk in the house, and you know, my mind's going a mile a minute. I'm like, how am I going to apologize to my son? And so I walk into his room, he's playing Xbox, he's playing Call of Duty or whatever, Minecraft. And, uh, and I'm like, hey, man, I want to talk about earlier. And he takes his headphones off and he's like, yes, dad. And he's all chipper. Yeah. And at in that moment. And so my my son forgets nothing like he he is a sponge and he just picks things up so quick. Right. Um, so he didn't for, he didn't forget that morning. He forgave me that morning. Yeah. And uh, and I was just absolutely blown away at his ability to forgive, you know, th- that he loves me, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, I tear up every time I think about the, that story, but that, yeah. that little kid loves me, man. It was that's, just, uh, that's such a great, it's story. just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love know, that. Yeah. And I think it's the power. It, I, I don't know what it is, but I'm hoping that somebody, somebody listening to that right now can think about a time 
that either they made the same mistake as I did or have been tempted to, mm-hmm. and they withdraw from it, you know, because that that's no way to raise a kid and you don't want them to have those lasting memories, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Um, I hope somebody learned something from that story. Wow. It's a very powerful story, you know, because kids, they're resilient, but at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, it pains you whenever you have, when something like that happens, you know, and oh, yeah. uh, I don't know how many times I've, you know, looked back and been like, was I too hard on them? You know, you question yeah. yourself a lot, you know, because I mean, there's no formal training for being a dad. You know, you're pretty much winging it and going off of what you learned from your dad, you know. Um, yeah. And so, it, man, that that speaks a lot because, you know, I, I've been in that situation myself. Yeah. I imagine every dad has, and you know, it's, I've, I've thought long and hard about that moment. And, you know, the, the moment I wrote it, I was like, I don't know if this is a mistake or not, but I'm not deleting it. And, you, right. you know, I, I was the one that had to go back and edit it. <laughs> and, uh, and so I had to re re read that, you know, six times, seven times. Yeah. And I've let that marinate in my head so much. And, you know, I think part of, thinking about it so much kind of like it uh you know it it kind of like solidifies the thought that I feel like I'm I'm a good dad I I don't think I'm a great dad just because I I feel like there's so much to learn about fatherhood yeah but it's the dads that think about how they're dadding Mm -hmm. that are the good ones man you know I had I grew up in a split household where uh, you know, my parents were divorced by the time I was four or five, six, uh, mm-hmm. around the same age that, you know, uh, that video was taken of my wife on Christmas. But, um, you know, I, my stepdad left much to be desired and I didn't really see my, my bio dad, my real dad. I didn't really see him often. It was more of like a weekend warrior type, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, but my stepdad was a jerk, man. I, I just never really got along. And really to this day, I just don't really get along with him because I don't, I don't agree with his parenting. Right. But, you know, I started I started thinking about how, like, you know, I, I don't think my stepdad ever thought about how he fathers. You know, he, he never gave it a second thought. You know, his actions were his actions. Yeah. And he would say or do things, but he would never think and kind of like critique or, you know, introspectively kind of look at how he's doing things. And I think, uh, you know, in the the effort to become a better dad, I think you have to, you have to do like, you know, retrospectives and, uh, and analyze yourself, you know, and that's, that's in anything, whether you're trying to learn something, you know, you take tests or you're trying to, you know, be a good husband, you know, you ask your wife what she wants out of a, a good husband, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and that can, you know, take many different flavors, but many different forms, but there's nobody really tell you or to quantify how good or bad of a dad you're being other than yourself. And so by being able to kind of take a look back at what you've done, I think that's really like the delineator of being a good dad or not. So I've got a few more questions because I know we're coming up here on an hour and everything. And that's usually what I kind of keep the podcast at. If I go over it, that's fine. I've had some that were closer okay. to two hours even, but um, I do have a few more questions I'd like to ask you about. Um, what would you say is probably one of the easier subjects that you've had to write about in there? Yeah, I think um, some of the easier stuff is like, you know, like what kind of 
what makes your kids so great? You know, like the yeah. stuff that you see on a daily basis that, um, you know, what makes them special or, or, you know, uh, gosh, I'm like, I'm pretty emotionally charged after that, that, uh, right. uh reliving that, that, that moment. So I, I, you have to forgive me if I can't remember all the questions, but, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we, <laughs> there are aspects of the book where we talk about, you know, what makes the kids worth fathering for, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that stuff was really easy just because you see them on a daily basis. And I'll tell you, like, you know, it's, it's those moments where, you know, you're laying on the bed and the kid, you know, my, my daughter runs in and she hops on top of me, like, what are you watching? You know, and <laughs> you just, you just lay there, you know, cuddling or whatever, just watching a show. And yeah. It's those moments where you know those kids aren't even thinking about that moment. They're they're solely based on what's on that TV. Yep. And you as a dad are watching the TV, but you couldn't even if somebody offered me a million dollars to tell you what's going on in this show, I would have zero clue. I would be the biggest <laughs> loser, you know, like, yeah, like, yeah, my eyes are looking at that TV, but my mind is like in wrapped moment. up in this little girl's heart. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, it's. It's those types of moments that are so easy to write about just because like they happen so often, you know, and, and it's really easy for me to say that now, but it's so scary to think that in, you know, 10, 12 years, like those moments aren't happening anymore, you know, like they're going to grow up and they're going to move out and they're going to do their own thing. And, uh, and man, it's, it's so amazing and so scary in the same, in the same breath. It's, <laughs> it's wild, but they are easy to write about, you know, cause you yeah. just experience them every day. Yeah. It's, it's great because, you know, I'm seeing your face as you're talking about this and you can see that you're almost reliving those moments in your head as you're talking about them. So, yeah, yeah, of course. And, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about the times that that's happened. One of my favorite pictures that my uh, wife took, it was, I, I don't even remember what the movie was, but I was showing it to my kids for the first time and they had never seen it before. And it's one from my childhood. And she took a picture and I have both of them sitting on my lap with their favorite blankets over them. And we're just sitting there, all three of us together on the couch, watching that together. So cool. Never can forget that moment, you know, because yeah. it, it's one of the greatest ever, you know, I, I, for one, I'm sharing a piece of my childhood with them, but at the same time, it's just that moment of being there together, you know? So yeah, no, I totally get that, that it, I, yeah, it just brings you right out. So, you know, in some ways I kind of think this book is like anti-social media, you know, yeah, social media, you know, it, it kind of, it brings you closer to like this, like fictional dreamland of seeing everybody in their best moments. Mm-hmm. But, um, that day to day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's either fake or it's like the primo moment, you know, yep. you take 50 pictures and you, you sort through the, the best one you can find and right. you're like post with a, with an emoji or a hashtag, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it's those moments where you're a hundred percent committed to being present. Mm-hmm. It's those moments that are the most beautiful dude. Right. Yeah. yeah so cool stuff. There, there, there's a part of, you have a website um, and you have a thing on there called uh, the Village Wisdom Journey. And I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. That's kind of where people can put in their thoughts on your website as well, right? 
Yeah. So what, what the plans are there and that's kind of half baked right now. It's in like an alpha status. I'm a, my background's in software engineering and, okay. uh, and I'm not a great software engineer uh, just because I haven't been practicing. But, uh, you know, Journey is so in creating this book, I was kind of like the, the quarterback, right? Kind of calling all the shots and the plays and mm-hmm. curating all of the responses that the other dads sent in. And uh, it's a lot of work, man. You know, it, <laughs> it's like herding wet cats. <laughs> and uh, uh, it, it's just a, a, a ton of work. You don't, if I would have known how much work it was going into it, I probably would have never done it in all honesty, but, um, but I was committed. We were publicly committed and I just had to do it. Right. Um, and so it was, was a ton of work, but I feel like the payoff at the end by going 30 days. And I think this is another aspect of, of the book and really journey as well is that, you know, in writing for 30 days for 30 to 45 minutes a day and, you might not write that long, you know, maybe it takes you 10 minutes to write, but you're certainly going to think about that question each day for 30 to 45 minutes, at least, you know? Right. Um, But by cognitively thinking about how you can become a better parent or reflecting on how you've parented thus far, um, it does something to you. And I, my degree is not in psychology. um, And so I don't know what exactly it does. I would love to talk to a psychologist to figure out what it is. But, um, you know, it really improved my ability to be a father uh, by doing that. And so what journey is, is it's going to be the same thing, but without the headache of organizing it. So essentially, you'll sign up, you would, you know, tell me how many other dads you want to do it with, uh, what their emails are, and then, you know, we'll send you out some questions like, you know, how how would you be graded as the parent or, you know, what legacy do you want to leave behind for your kid? You know, just, just crazy questions that I promise you, nobody's ever asked you, or you'd never thought about um, that deeply before. And, uh, and then essentially, you know, the end user would go through a very similar, if not the exact same process that we went through. And, uh, and that's part of changing the world too, man. If we can change the world one dad at a time, I'm happy with that. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, that's why we called it journey. But um, yeah, I, I'm hoping that as many dads as I talk to will sign up for it. You know, we haven't, like I said, it's an alpha right now. We're still kind of working out the kinks and we should be in beta soon, but I'm kind of targeting a release for the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, a big part of this book was, you know, my mom read it and the very next morning she, she spent the weekend at our house and I was cheap and didn't want to pay for the 15 bucks to send it to her in Florida. So <laughs> I waited for her to come, but I handed her the book. Uh, you know, she woke up the next morning and she was like, Hey, we got to talk. And there was thing, you know, my, my, my mom has obviously known me my entire life. And there was things right. that she learned and, and things that, you know, she questioned and was like, why did you feel this way? Yeah. And it just opened doors to relationships that I've had for years, decades, yeah. And, uh, and, and honestly, the same with my wife, she read it, she helped edit it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was like, I, I have questions. And, uh, and I kept hearing that, like, I have questions, I have questions. And I was like, damn, you know, like this, this book is, it's obviously it's about fatherhood and we're, you know, we're doing the motherhood one coming up. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's really about relationship enrichment, I think is what it boils down to, because, my relationship with my wife, with my mom, with these five other dads, with my kids, 
all of it has been enriched so much because of this one stupid little idea I had in the middle of the night while journaling, you know, and, (laughs) um, you know, some would call it an aha moment, but, um, you know, if, if it can assist anybody, like it's, I would feel guilty by not pursuing it. So we're going to, we're going to throw it together and hope, uh, others out there take the same journey. Yeah. Well, and I know it was crowdfunded as well. Uh, I think you did, uh, uh, what did you just give people just the idea of the book and just reach out to certain ones or how did you go about that? Yeah. You know, so originally it was just going to be us. Well, you know, uh, I guess the the OG idea was just me, you know, I was going to, I was going to journal for, for a year and, uh, and then print out the blog, you know, every, every post from the blog and put it in a book and give it to my kids. I was going to make two copies and that was going to be the end of it. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I got the other dads on board. And so two copies became, you know, eight copies or 10 copies, whatever, a, a copy for each dad. Yeah. And, in conversation, you know, we'd be at the pool just kind of like talking about like concepts for the book. Somebody would overhear, come swim over and uh, be like, I want one. And we'd be like, you do, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and so, uh, we're, you know, enough people did that where we were like, all right, I mean, I, I guess we'll try. And so we we uh, set up a Kickstarter and mm-hmm. and people loved it and it funded, um successfully funded over a hundred percent and uh and and that man we're off to the races and we haven't stopped running it's it's been it's been a wild ride that's awesome yeah um so we're coming up on a close here i got a few more questions for you um where can we find this book if somebody wants to buy it yeah, so you can um, you can find it you can find it at Barnes and Noble um, on the, I think it's only on their site now it's on Amazon as well but I'll tell you it does uh, the village uh, it, it does us better if you buy it directly from us so the the website's okay. village wisdom.com um, and then we're really starting to get active on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can find us, you just search village wisdom for Facebook, but our, uh, Instagram handle is village dot wisdom. Okay. And if there was one thing out of this book, if nobody gets anything out of it. Is there one thing that maybe you want them to take away from this whole thing? Yeah, I, I, I think I want fathers to be more vulnerable and open you know for the longest time and i saw it with my own two dads i guess um but and really with being raised you know i would go over friends houses and and you know friends had really good relationships with their dads mm-hmm. um but you know fatherhood's such a weird thing you know you spend a lot of time you know keeping your kids safe and and teaching them things like how to change oil in a car how to how to change a tire, how to change a guitar string, how to change the air filter in the house. Yeah. Um, I still, I'm still teaching my wife where the, the lint uh, vent <laughs> is on our dryer, but, <laughs> um, but, you know, you teach all like the basics for survival, but there's so much more to being a dad that gets, it gets overlooked, man. There, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that, that we bury deep down, you know, case in point, like, you know, when I come home from work, I've spent, you know, eight, nine, 10 hours at work, um, you know, an hour or two before work, getting the kids ready, doing the dishes, doing chores. Um, and then an hour or two after work, like taking the kids to soccer practice or band practice or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, there's not a a whole lot of time for me. So when I get home, I just want to like 
do me stuff, you know, right. but, but those kids still need us, you know? So we push through that, that, that internal kind of like very selfish urge to like, feel like you've earned like 30 minutes for yourself, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but by being a dad, like you haven't earned that and and you never will like for the rest of your life, you will never earn those 30 minutes. You know, those, if you get any time to yourself, like that's a privilege that your family members have given to you, you know, and to not take that for granted. Right. Um, but, you know, we're, we're kind of like captive in our own heads in the sense that dads typically don't share those kinds of feelings with other people. You know, it's just kind of like understood, like we're dads, we're supposed to do this stuff. So we do it. Yep. Um, but by being able to share those types of thoughts and experiences and stories, you know, I, I, I really hope it makes other dads more transparent and willing to learn. Um, because the only way that we become better dads is by learning, you know, and, and if I die with all this knowledge, I don't have much. I mean, my kids are seven and nine. If I don't have much knowledge at all, but if I die with this knowledge and it, it's siloed and it goes nowhere, you know, what good is it doing? You know? Yeah. And so I'm hoping that my stories, my story in general, um, you know, curated with those five other dads stories, um, it does somebody some good. All right, man. Well, John, it has been wonderful talking to you tonight. Uh, you brought up a lot of great stuff and I hope that the people listening to this go out and get this book. What's the website again? Yep. It's village wisdom.com. All right. You have a great night and, uh, I can't wait to read more of this book, man. Thanks, Jared. Appreciate it. Welcome to the vinyl word podcast where forgotten spoken word records are revisited with a comedic twist. Join me, Steve Beach, and me, Brian Mayer, for a trip down memory lane, where records weren't only for music, but also education. <laughs> Learn to bowl, throw a dinner party, or hit a baseball, all while being tethered to a spinning record on a gigantic stereo. It was well-intentioned, ineffective, and totally ridiculous. But what other options did they have? And let's be honest, Steve, we can describe the internet the same way. Yeah. Listen to the Vinyl Word Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, iHeartRadio, literally anywhere Amazon, they get their podcast is what Stitcher, we're doing. Hey, listener. This is a not paid for product placement for the Zero to Hero podcast. What do you mean? If you not definitely paid? like what you're listening to now. Come on over to the, the Zero to Hero podcast. Lights on, just anywhere you want to be able to find your podcast. That trash feels like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the... Amazon Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, which is still a little weird. For the two next two weeks. Come on over and enjoy yourself. And listen to Billy and myself bicker, argue, and well, fight about a lot of things. No, as we are the Bulk and School of weeks. Podcasting. How the hell am I going to Good luck out there, and welcome back to the show. All right, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed that episode with John Christensen. He was a lot of fun to talk to. He was a uh, great guest, and I um, look forward to speaking with him more in the future and maybe trying to get involved with uh, getting this book out there more because I do feel that this book is important, and uh, it will help a lot of dads out there. And it's always to have good information and have that village mentality when it comes to raising our children because sometimes it does take a village to raise a, ch uh, raise a child. 
and uh, just really glad that I was able to have this guy on. So I've got some really good guests that are coming up, and if you guys want to know who I'm going to have on next, make sure that you're following me on all the different social medias. Um, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Snapchat, and I am on TikTok. Um, follow me on all those places. You can also find me on YouTube. Um, starting to try to put in like some little shorts and things like that that I get from my TikTok and all that. So uh, make sure that you're following me on there as well. It's a lot of fun, and uh, I also upload these uh, podcast episodes on there. There's no video yet, but they are on there if you prefer to listen to your podcasts on YouTube. Um, I love doing this. It's so much fun. And uh, like I said, follow me on all the different social media so you can make sure that uh, you are staying up to date with who is going to be on next or with anything that's going on with the show as well. Um, I did announce that uh, right now, this month, you can get a t-shirt and uh, with the purchase of a t-shirt, you will get a free sticker. Um, make sure that you take me up on that offer and get your merch for iGetApp. Um, going back to what I was saying before, uh, if you want to follow me on all of those, just look up If You Give a Data Podcast. You can also Google it and find me on there. Um, I will have a link tree in my show notes that will help you to be able to follow me on all of the different social medias, and you'll be able to find your preferred method of listening to the show there on my link tree as well. As you're listening to this episode, I want you to go out and rate it and review it for me, please. Make sure that you let me know what you think of this episode. If I'm doing okay, if I'm not, if you don't like it, then tell me. If you do like it, then tell me. The more people that rate and review this show, the more visible I am to new listeners. And uh, trying to get more people here to listen all the time. I do appreciate those who have rated and reviewed the show. And uh, just continue to support this and uh, share it around. Um, make sure that you're subscribed on whatever app that you're using to listen to this. And hit that notification bell. That way that you know when the new episodes come out. Um, looking into doing some other things to kind of get the word out there with the podcast as well. I also might be having some different merch that's coming out. Um, I might be getting some magnets and some coffee mugs going as well. So if that's something you guys would like to see, make sure and let me know. Um, you can also reach out to me through my email, and that's giveadatapodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you guys. I enjoy talking to you. And uh, yeah, I, I've gotten many different guests to come on the show because of that email address. So I... It's something I use regularly. I have it set up to where you send me something, I'll see it immediately, and unless I'm sleeping. Um, and I'll try to respond as quickly as I can to you guys. I just want to just say thank you to everybody. You guys have been great. And uh, continue to send me that stuff. Uh, continue to send me your messages. Continue to send me your emails. Things like that. That way I can interact with you guys because it does make my day when I get to hear from each and every one of you. I'm also part of two podcast networks, and that is the OIW Podcast Network and the Avenue Podcast Network. Um, I love being part of both of them. They have all kinds of different podcasts for you to listen to on there. I will have links to both of them in my show notes. You can find all kinds of different podcasts on there as well. I also want to give a shout-out to one of my new favorite podcasts that I listen to a lot, and that is the Zeo to Hero podcast. Um, I'm actually part of their Discord and uh, I'm going to be going on their podcast as this is airing. I've already recorded my episode with them. And uh, 
very excited to be on their show. So make sure that you tune into their show next week. If you want to hear me talk to them, they're two really awesome guys. They call them the Balkan Skull of podcasting. Uh, so make sure you tune in with that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then in August, I believe it is, I'm going to have both those guys on my show to, uh, you know, just have a good talk. That's what I like to do. And that's what I'm going to do with them, I believe. So, yeah, make sure you tune into that and make sure you listen to their podcast because they have a highly entertaining show and uh, I, I look forward to it every week. And last, I want to give a shout out to Decure. He is the guy who made my ending theme song. Whenever you hear me say I love you guys at the end of the show, that is the song that starts, made by Decure. If you like that song, make sure you go out and follow him. Thank you for making this show uh, as awesome as it is. If it wasn't for you guys, I don't know what I would do. I wouldn't have the show that I have today. I love you guys. I hope that you have a wonderful week. And I will see you next time. On. He calls us beautiful people, then tells us who we have on. The best part of my day, the world blocked out in my pods. Tell my friends all about it so that they follow along. And the host is kind of nerdy, but guess what? I am as well. I don't feel so alone, and I began walking out of my shell. Heard a story, I need a connection I haven't felt. I'll be looking for the next one, tell then farewell. It's the podcast for me. Have it on, better go see. Closely download and tune in remotely. It's the podcast for me. Have it on, better go see and listen closely. This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network.